If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You are listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. form i am back in queens this week i woke up in queens instead of brooklyn you okay well at least you know where you woke up and you feel secured in that yeah last week that was a little <laughs> bit jarring waking up in the rec room uh we went through a bit of a time machine there for a few yeah, months we did but we're still in this pandemic and today i woke up in queens so um i'm not as confused anymore rachel i'm so glad that you are not confused thanks for joining me again you know what? Thank you, Alon. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn with Rachel Teichman and myself, Alon Danziker, bringing you this rabble-rousing affair in where we, no one really knows. We can't really predict what every hour is going to sound like. But we come in, guns a-blazing, or just, you know, uh, beers a-flowing, ready at any willing time to uh, bring you the most embarrassing sounds from our past and learn a little bit about how we got from there to here. That sounds about right, Rachel, right? Except without the guns or the beers. Sometimes the beers. If uh, you out there have any old sounds from your past that you are willing to dig up and provide to our show for a little bit of an objective look back, you are invited to do so. For we will elevate and recreate and uh, appreciate all of the above, the sounds that you provide, lost and rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Um, if you want to listen to any of our past episodes, we are all over the place, over on the SoundCloud or the Apple Podcast, and our main site for all of our past episodes, of which, as of right now, is a little bit delayed in updatedness, I won't lie, but I assure you that will change soon. Uh, <laughs> RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash L-A-R kicking it here via zoom this week um it was an interesting experiment last week i mean i certainly would do it again but it was i would uh, do it again you know living on the edge baby <laughs> i would i would go to brooklyn again <laughs> uh if you weren't getting a ride from a good samaritan uh how would you get yourself to brooklyn uh, via car or public transportation if i didn't have a good samaritan in my life I would take the 7 to the G to the L oh. and then get off at, uh, I don't know, what is that, Bogart or Blech. something? Blech. It's too much. Too much. Save yourself the trip. I'll give you a ride next time. Um, <laughs> uh, before we begin, I wanted to uh, call attention to the fact that you, Rachel, have been involved in a lot of podcasting lately, not just here on uh, Lost and Rewound or on uh, Six Unseemly Questions, uh, but you and your longtime friend Paige uh, have a new podcast as well. You want to talk about that a little bit? Our new podcast is called Research Rebuttal. 
And it's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. And the premise is where each episode, one of us is the guesser, one of us is the researcher. We pick two topics, and the guesser says everything they think they know about the topic, or they just make it up, depending on what they think sounds good about the topic, what sounds right, what sounds accurate, logical. And then the researcher rebuts them and gives them the facts on the given topics. So episode one is already out. It's called Flowers and Seltzer, because we talked about flowers and we talked about seltzer. I was the guesser. She was the researcher. Episode two will be coming out. Soon you'll be able to find it everywhere on all the podcasting platforms. But right now, it's on shows.acast.com slash research hyphen rebuttal. And you can also find us on social media at Mm -hmm. Research Rebuttal Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or on Twitter. You can find us at Research Rebut. That is two T's. And if you subscribe, that would really help our analytics. Yes. And you can... <laughs> are, you, are you done promoting your show? Almost. Okay. <laughs> and you can email us at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com with topics. Amazing. So I'm grateful that you are uh, so abundantly involved in many a podcast of different uh, type. I-, I would not want to take any credit for giving you the confidence to uh, forge on your own, but I am appreciative that you have used Lost and Rewound as one of your many stepping stones, Rachel Teichman. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to spend a year in New York making podcasts for people until you can make your own. Hey, want to get to this week's guest? Let's do it. (laughs) All right. Marguerite Stern is a New York-based singer-songwriter who, in the before times, you may have seen at Rockwood Music Hall or Pete's Candy Store. She recently released an EP called Big Big World Acoustic Music for You and Your Little Ones. Marguerite joins us virtually today on the show to talk about that, play some songs for us both new and old, and then some other stuff I won't give away right now, okay? Welcome, Marguerite. Thank you. It's so nice to see you during the daytime. Uh, normally, we have Zoomed <laughs> together on a workshop at night. That's how we know each other, through uh, a workshop through North Coast. A night workshop. A night workshop. <laughs> yes, I know. We met in a hip-hop improv songwriting three-week workshop. I had really never experimented with that style, except for kind of like drunkenly here and there. <laughs> I've been more focused on like acting training, kind of getting like better at acting lately. And um, more recently I've been like auditioning more. Um, And then 
I've been gigging more with music in the last year. What's the world? Like, yeah, exactly. The world just kind of stopped I, in. I just got back from France. I was at like in an acting school there. Oh, nice. Wait, That's so cool. where, where in France? Uh, what, what school? Um, it's called Ecole Philippe Gaulier. It's an international theater and clown school um, in Etampes, France. How I home, like early because of everything. Right. I was going to say like how far into your studies uh, until you had to go back home? I was there for five weeks. Well, I had been there in the fall for like two months and then I came home and then I decided to go back and I was planning on going back through June and just to come home for like two week vacation. But I ended up coming home a week early from that like session and then not getting to do like the third term. It's in an odd way, it's worked out too. I kind of don't feel drawn to more training even when everything opens up again because I feel like you can kind of get addicted to just acting school in general or like any kind of training like instead of like looking inside yourself and there's nothing against training like it's definitely helped me a lot but I think um, it can be a distraction also away from like actually going for it like I want to like be a professional actor performer singer and you also just have to do it and I think school training can really help but it can I think it can also just I was realizing it could it was starting to distract a little bit yeah I I get that I feel like I've taken so many improv classes over the last now five years uh theoretically uh I haven't been in an improv class in oh in about a year but it just felt like it was one after the other after the other. And I, I don't mind per se spending the money myself, but I think it's just the, where is this? What's the end goal? Like, what am I doing with this? Right. And are you like putting the teachers kind of like, and like the, and the school sort of like above you or are you being like, no, like I am this also. Cause I think some of that hierarchy for me, like the school, this school that I went to is like really cutthroat and really intense and it's known for that. And I, I liked that too. It's like super not American and not like coddling. And like the teacher, it's like, it's, it's amazing. But like the teacher has to drum and will bang the drum to tell you to go off the stage when you're bad. At, when crazy. you're like not, when, I you love are, that. when you are not charming. <laughs> that makes it's me very so good. happy. Like I highly recommend going to the school, honestly. <laughs> but it's a little bit like you can get like sucked into that world of just like gotta get better gotta like keep training here else I'll never but it's like in the end I, I really believe like everything's inside of you when did you pick up a guitar for the first time when I was 12 was it something you would ask for or was it something that was bestowed upon you my mom played um she's a doctor but she and she doesn't play too much but she these days, but she sometimes would pick it up when we were growing up. She like really likes folk music from the 60s. And we would play Bob Dylan songs and things like that from, from that time period together. And like with her and her sisters also are musicians. So we would wow. like play, we would like sing together. Um, yeah. And my mom has a really nice voice, so we always have had fun singing together. My aunt is an opera singer, and my other aunt is a conductor. Mine too. 
man. That's like what? such that's like such a randomly obscure thing to have an aunt as an opera singer. It is. Wow, that's so cool. Wait, so you're you were literally raised with uh, the you bestowed with all this um, music from such an early age. I mean, for, yeah. but I mean, like classically trained musicianship at that. Yeah, and I grew up playing the violin. Cool. Um, like from age six, I was playing classical violin, starting in like first grade. Yeah, in middle school, I was like. Mom, can you teach me some guitar chords? Like, I'm gonna be cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you were playing a lot of like the stuff that you were growing up listening I'm be to. Cool, and yet the first song she taught me was "This Land Is Your Land." <laughs> of course. I mean, awesome. come on. If, if, if child of the '60s, uh, you know, ra- raising their their kid with the music, and I feel like that's like, that that's a, a, a rite of passage. For, for a guitar family. It's such a classic. It's also very good on recorder. Oh, recorder. Everything's good on recorder. Everything is good on recorder. That's what I've been trying to convince everyone during this whole pandemic. Well, we're talking about like the like the the woodwind uh, recorder, not yeah, the, yeah. the recorder. Those white recorders. I have one. In yeah. Elementary school. Wait. <laughs> Rachel, did I hear you say that you've still held onto one after all this time and you have it in your apartment? Um, yeah, hang on. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. And she has and she has a pack a, 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 a case for it, I should say. Whatever that is, a neck strap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um I think I actually for full disclosure did know you had a recorder. I didn't realize that it came with a strap. So you you, you come prepared. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Getting back to you, Marguerite, how long uh, into your playing guitar did you start writing your own music? I think I dabbled like a little bit in writing my own music. Um, in high school, I remember when I was... Oh my God, yeah, actually, I remember when I was a junior. Yeah, I was a junior in high school and I remember writing a, like a little bit of a breakup song um, when I, I broke up with somebody. But like I broke up with him, but like I was still sad, you know. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> I'm remembering now. Um, I'm remembering it's come. It's God, that song is coming back to me, and it's, it's like this. Um, <laughs> I hadn't remembered that I wrote that, but I didn't write much. I really started writing a lot in freshman sophomore year of college. When you write, would you say that you tend to start more with the lyrics or more with the music? More with the music. What's that process like for you? Sometimes it's just like I find a, um, like a chord progression that feels really, it's hard, it is hard for me to describe. Um, it was cool to hear Ralph talk about songwriting, Elon, because... He was very articulate about it in ways that I am not yet. And I felt but, like he was saying things that I was like, yes, me too. There, there was a part where he was saying about, uh, you, you know, you have the thoughts and you, you know, you want to catch that uh, mm-hmm. feeling and then you dump it on the paper. Yes. And you don't matter. It doesn't matter how bad or good or anything in between is just so that you get that raw energy and you're translating that onto paper. Yeah. So from that, like, I mean, I think I used to write and I still, I, I still sometimes write about like romantic experiences, but I think I used to really 
really focus in on that <laughs> a lot, um, which is just kind of a metaphor of like kind of where my mind was more. Like when I was like 19, 20, when I was first writing a lot, I was just kind of like more obsessed with boys <laughs> um, than I am now. Um, and so like that's what I would write about. Um, and like heart, like heartbreak a bit then too um, was like inspiration. It would be like a way to process emotion. And then like also just like if, um, more lately, like, I'll find like a flow whether like in the music and it'll just feel really fun or really satisfying. Um, and I'll just like stay there for a while and kind of improvise and riff on different melodies and different words within that. Um, and it is sort of like painting um, for me. I don't follow a structure. Um, I don't follow like, okay, here's the verse, here's the chorus, and it has to be any specific structure. It, I'll usually end up with like something that resembles verse and something that re resembles chorus. But sometimes I don't really have that. Sometimes it's less um, like what people are used to in terms of song structure. At this time, would you be so kind enough to grace our ears and the listeners' ears with uh, something of your newer material uh, so that someone who might be interested in hearing what those uh, words translate to in musical form? Yeah, sure. Um, I was trying to decide actually before we started this call which song to play um, because I've been writing a lot in uh, lockdown. <laughs> It's been a good time to do it. Really good time to do it. Um, I wanted to share something new that I haven't shared before. Like, I don't, it might be done. I don't know if this song is done yet. I think it is, but I haven't played it enough to really know. Um, I haven't played it enough for other people to know. Um, oh, man. So this is, <laughs> this is, this is a good experiment. Uh, why not play it on, on, on the yeah. radio? Yeah. Bang it out. I've played uh, for my brother. <laughs> okay. So we are the third and uh, exponential more people who are listening to this for the second time. Yes. Okay. And it's about, um, it's like me talking to myself. Um, in life, there's always struggle. Like we always have like struggle and challenges. And like, you can't avoid that. Like I'm talking about like within yourself or anything, you can't avoid that. Um, you have to go through it. You have to like face your inner, like your inner stuff. I think there's a kid's book, um, like the bear, like can't go under the mountain. He can't go over. Do you know what I'm talking about? The bear, the bear went over the mountain. The thing is, I don't, actually remember exactly what the reference is mm -hmm. um but it's something about like can't go over it can't go under it he has to go through it that's <laughs> just what i remember from <laughs> something from my childhood oh i know i know i know exactly what you're talking about it's berenstein bears and it's a <laughs> and it's and it's and it's a spooky storybook and what happens is that the there's bears had a scary book 
it was a book where there was a there was a tree and they had and it was a spooky tree and the only and and what you're talking about marguerite is literally in reference to like the ways in which brother bear and sister bear are like trying to get back home and it's like i don't know i don't remember exactly the details you have to go through it right but you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay exactly is wow. It, um, is it this one? I'm so glad you know what. <laughs> yes, it's the spooky so old tree. Oh my god. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Mandela effect, notwithstanding, because I totally remember it being Steen, not Stain. Um, this song is called Up Down. It's exclusive, and it's by Marguerite Stern, only here on Lost and Rewound. Take it away, Marguerite.
far the fuck out, girl. Damn. Totally flaming. Love it. <laughs> That's that raw flaming energy we're looking for. <laughs> Gotta get that raw flaming energy, bro. I mean, what I re- forgot to say is that it's about like I got my own back. Yeah. Having my own back, and also like a bit of an. I've been kind of having fun with a bit of playing with a bit of a '90s Blink 182. Like, yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> I could tell, totally hear that. I could a kick out of that. You know what I mean? Sure. That, that, it, 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 the 90s were an impressionable time on a lot of us. Uh, you uh, definitely grew up with a lot of the pop punk, yeah? I 100% did. How often do you write ironically? Most of the time. <laughs> no, like half, I don't know, half to three quarters. I'm like, yeah, I make myself laugh a lot. Amazing. Yeah. If you're not making yourself laugh, then no one's going to be able to laugh with you. Then you're making True. other people cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's what you're going for, I mean, no. uh, yeah. um, we have more. Uh, I do believe that uh, you are going to share with us later on the guitar uh, of the older variety, maybe, perhaps. Yes. Yeah, if you'd like. I would like. Rachel, would you like? I would love. I would, uh, yes, I, I, I would love. And uh, <laughs> there's even and there's even more that you've provided to us. Uh, so after this quick word from RFB, we'll get right down to it. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. We're kicking it here this week with Marguerite Stern, who is the absolute bee's knees. She's a singer, songwriter, and uh, actress who has uh, been kind enough to share a little bit of her past as an actress. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Let's go in in a discernible order here. There's an open mic clip I think I want to start with. Where's this open mic that you went to your very first time? Um, I was in ninth grade. I was in Hastings on Hudson, New York. Nice. High school, open mic night. So I was the freshman. I had never performed at an open mic night. I knew that I liked to sing and that I had a decent voice. Like I had been in some musicals and I was like, oh, okay, like I I like to sing. Um, And I had like some confidence with it. I really wanted to challenge myself and like play as a freshman at an open mic night with all the upperclassmen there. And like, I had plans to play with these two guys from my grade. We were gonna play, I think it was like an Arcade Fire song, which is this band. I kind of liked, but I think I mainly liked them just to try and be cool. Like I was very trying to be cool at that age. And like, they ended up backing out. What? Last Come minute. On. And it's like, okay, I think they probably just got nervous, but I saw it as like, oh my God, like they're embarrassed to perform with me. 
but I was like, you know what? Like, I'm still going to fight. I'm still going to do it, but I'm just going to go solo. So it was like very last minute and I threw together, I was playing the mandolin because I had, my violin teacher had lent me hers. Because oh, that's it's, so cool. It's tuned the same as a violin. So it's actually yeah. really, if you play violin, it's like really easy to play the mandolin. It's just turning on, turning violin on its side. So I played the mandolin and I, and I, um, I threw together this cover of a Sea of Love by Cat Power. Oh, nice. It's, a, it's an oldies song, but I had listened to it um, by Cat Power at that time. The open mic night ended up being like in the auditorium and there were like so many people there. I just remember being so incredibly nervous and like basically shaking going up there. But like it went really well. Like it, it's painful to listen to the recording because like I remember, I still remember how incredibly nervous I was. Like it like went well. <laughs> like I think mainly because people were just like, whoa, like who is this fresh? Who is this frosh? <laughs> but um and definitely was like a proud moment for me. Let's take a listen and uh I, I can't wait to hear all that uh excitable uh energy that all that excitable frosh energy. Oh my god. It's time for adolescence. So that's uh, Sea of Love as made famous originally by Phil Phillips in 1959, uh, but then covered many a time, uh, including uh, Cat Power, uh, as uh, was impressed upon you, Marguerite. How did that feel listening to it? It's like a combination of a lot of things. <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm right back there. It's so weird. Like, I... 
there's definitely some pride, like some pride. Like I'm like, it's sweet because it was so long ago, but like, I'm still a singer. So I'm like, go little Marge. Like I'm like proud of my past, of my like younger self for like listening to that calling. But like, it's also like, <laughs> I also feel like I, it's funny because I can tell that at that time I was trying to sound older than I was. Like I was trying, I was copying cat power a bit. Like I was, I remember just, I was like, I feel that now, like when I sing, I feel that I sing in my own voice much more. Like I, I don't really feel like I'm copying anybody. I don't know, in a sense I was copying and in a sense I was just like my most pure self. I don't know, it's it's a lot to listen to. You're that young. I mean, of course you're going to be in some cases uh, so you know, raw. Yeah, like you're yeah. you're, beco- you're you're get you're coming into yourself and uh, yeah. by performing the for the first time with such yeah. an awesome reaction from your yeah. peer group. I mean, that's unprecedented. Yeah. It was really intense. You were acting. And I remember also leaving. I remember I did it and it was like almost like doing, it was almost like an explosion of just like when I shared it. Cause it was just such a raw like moment. And then after I just like left the stage and I was like, I remember just like shrinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, remember, I wasn't like, I didn't like bow. I just was like, Hey, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that. I get nerves too. When I perform something, I don't feel like I can just be like, Thank you. No, I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, I just want to like disappear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Wait, so then at this time of your life, you've already been doing theater as well. So people knew you as a performer through and through, uh, in respect of this breakout role as a singer. singer. At that time? No. I had been in just some musicals like at at school. But it wasn't like I was like known for being good at them. <laughs> was this was this a turning point then? Yeah, actually, it was. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it was. Because <laughs> then I started doing more open mic nights, and like people, upperclassmen, like boys, started asking me to like, if I wanted to sing with them. And I like basically said no to all of them because I was so nervous. I did not feel comfortable. I, I played with one sophomore band of boys once and it was like, not, it was okay. It was pretty fun. It's but like- with sophomore boys, so <laughs> it can only get as good. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's like the epitome of fame right there. Like, I made it. Like, I just feel like I don't really, in terms of my career, like, I'm fine. <laughs> You'll never get past the sophomore boys. But uh, but you were you were meant to be solo uh, for, a, for a very early age. Hmm. Yeah. That always just felt really good. Or Tell- with, like, a small group. Sure. No, I mean, like, you know, you have, uh, even now in your current iteration, uh, when you're uh, playing music, you have some collaborators there on stage with you. But oh, through and through, I mean, this is your vehicle. You are driving it. Yeah. What's your favorite audience that you've played for? Oh my God, that's hard to answer. Like sometimes it's kids. Like like I um I do have like a kids EP and I have worked with kids a bunch. Like I used to work at a preschool as an art teacher and played music with them and 
So sometimes it's like young kids um, that can just be like the best audience ever because they're just so open and like happy and responsive. I feel like they get so absorbed in it too. So absorbed, such deep listening. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes, like it depends also, like with anybody, depends Mm -hmm. on the day and the people. But, oh, like sometimes I babysit these two girls who really are like some of my best audience like they just they literally just will re- I'll play a song and then they'll just be like again <laughs> it's, like, it's like wow I wish all audiences <laughs> it's true no it absolutely is true uh you know on this show we do talk a lot about uh the stuff that we were making for ourselves when we were kids and how we look back at our adult selves, excuse me, our adult selves look at our kids selves and we're like, oh man, what are you doing? But it's kind of cool when you're in a position to be creating work for that kind of audience of who you used to be and they absolutely love it. They enjoy just, I think, the attention to um, entertainment, I think. Uh, If it's entertaining, then they're into it. And And they really pick up up on um, like the energy they don't even necessarily care. Like they might, they might notice nice things in the music. I mean, in the lyrics, but like they're not like as in their heads or as like kind of critical as adults are. So they'll be like, it's really so much more like pure. But kids are like naturally more open-minded. Yes. Why don't you play us another song and then we'll end it strong with some musical theater. But, uh, I, I, but I'm curious, the song that you would thought of to play, an older song, um, what year or what part of your life was this song written? Early college. So I went to college in 2009, 2010. That was my first year of college. So I don't know. I, I would say it was like, I was like 19, I would guess, when I wrote when I wrote this. And it was probably 2010, 2011. I wasn't performing too much. I was more, I was like pretty introverted then, I would say. Where'd you go to college? I went to NYU. This was the NYU time. I went to NYU for two years. And then I transferred to um, a small college in California called Pitzer College. I'm familiar. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's totally different uh, environment yeah I, I was much better suited for like it was better for me but yeah this was nyu time though that you made this yeah i mean i would still i still got a lot out of that time but um yeah i was definitely needed like i definitely felt like really drawn to like a literally the opposite <laughs> experience so um i was actually listening to a lot of taylor swift early taylor swift at that time not going to lie to you. <laughs> it like made me feel better. <laughs> um, and so this was sort of like a little bit inspired by like that vibe. Like I was kind of trying to write a song like in her style. This is called Players. I like I'll get through as much as I can of it. Like I, it's a little fuzzy. Okay. I was trying to remember how it went earlier today. (laughs) Okay. Just, you know, pay attention to those sweet (laughs) metaphors. More Marguerite Sterling, Lost and Rewound.
feeling stuck inside this room I want to know for sure what it's holding me and I've been staring at the rain I want to know for sure what it's got to fall because I've heard stories of love that don't want to be the girl who played the game just to find she was still inside staring at the rain in time to hear you go oh oh i'll stay this time but only because i love this song so I get that Taylor Swift vibe, though. Yeah, me too. I'm into it. That was great. I'm I'm very happy that you played that. Yeah, it's very good. brave of you. Oh my god! I mean, come on. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, honestly, while I was writing it, like, like no regrets. But it's just so funny. Like, I just knew I was like so into it. Like, oh my god, yeah, like falling, like the rain. And it's like falling, like people fall in love. Like I remember really being like, wow, like that's poetry, man. That's poetry. <laughs> we wanted to transition from uh, the music that you've created to uh, the uh, character uh, you brought life to in high school. File under the actress, uh, actress part of your, uh, of your upbringing. Uh, let's talk about Rent. Let's talk about high school. Um, how in love with this musical were you before you were asked to play Mimi? I actually like wasn't a, I didn't really know the musical that well before I found out that we were going to be doing it our senior year of high school. I, I think I knew, I knew it a bit and I kind of liked it, but I wasn't like a, like a huge, like one, I wasn't like a huge fan. You weren't a stan as they're calling them these days. What are they called? A rent stan. A rent stan. Right? But a stan? Like, like I, I stand for this group or something, right? I thought we established that that's a, like a, millenn- a millennial phrase. I don't know. Excuse me. Gen Z, probably. Gen like Z, probably. Stan or stand? S-T-A-N. Like, a, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going was- to Google this. Never heard of that. But I okay. Wasn't, I wasn't I, sorry to derail. Didn't mean to derail. But you no, were. you were a good derail. You didn't do it because I definitely wasn't a rent stan. It's a thing. It's a thing. I was, <laughs> it's a thing. Was it like a like a brat? Like what are those things with the guys and like like a Stacy? What is it like a Brad and a Stacy? I don't know, but y'all know I stand for Katy Perry, so I was excited to see the the artwork for her coming up album. <laughs> oh no, I'm thinking of a Chad. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, of. Chad! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that nobody in, in this episode is a Chad. No, thank you. Yeah, I like to think that too. So, the, so you, but I mean, you were obviously grateful to be uh, bestowed with but, such a huge oh, but, part. But, no, but no, but hear me out. But then when I heard that we were doing it, it was like became 
my favorite musical. Like, sure. obviously, I was like, when, we, when, I, when I found out that we were doing it, I watched the movie many times, <laughs> like clips of it. Then when we had, and then I was really like, really hoping I would get cast as Mimi. At that point, I had never like been a, a lead at in school um, in a musical only at all girls summer camp had I ever been a lead. So I was um, really excited. We are really excited to play this. This is uh, something uh, that we truly aspire for. Uh, we, we, we always love to hear the old school of high school musical clips uh, from our actor and musician friends. So thank you for playing along. And we now present to you, the audience, uh, a performance that you we're gonna play one clip yeah we're gonna do oh, we're gonna do out tonight oh because that's the one that i put the embarrassed you're more embarrassed by that one yeah okay cool <laughs> Come on. 
Okay. She was a, she was a skater boy. <laughs> she said, see a later boy. I have a lot of thoughts. I uh, also Rachel- have some questions. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Rachel, we'll start with you. All right. So this is related to my one of my earlier questions. How I want to know, like genuinely, when you were given these instructions with this choreography, this style, this everything, was this ironic for you or were you completely into it there is no wrong answer here I'm just, I really you can't even know. keep yourself you're just like giggling giggle fits funny like oh okay was it at all ironic like honestly like no Amazing. Well, this, this makes us better yeah like it's funny because if i had been more ironic about it i would have had more fun with mm-hmm. that specific scene like I had much more fun in a lot of the other scenes which like you guys can peruse at your disposal after this interview <laughs> because that scene I like I'm not really I didn't I'm more like a singer actor like I didn't really have any dance training and dancing has always been a little harder for me <laughs> um and like I found the choreography very difficult and I just, it stressed me out. And like to get it all right and to feel like, cause the whole vibe of that is supposed to be like, I'm having fun and I'm on drugs and I'm gonna go have a fun night out in the town. But it's like that song in particular, I was having a hard time <laughs> like actually having fun during, mm-hmm. you know? My favorite part was when you picked up the guitar and then put it back down. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Oh, I lifted up his guitar and put it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Who was the guy you were uh, playing opposite? <laughs> we dated. <laughs> you dated. Very cool. Very cool. It, um, was a, it was a big year. How was that after party? <laughs> um... Yeah, he was he was my co-star. It was mainly just a lot of fun because I really enjoyed being in the world of the show. Yeah. Like I really got into it. But like I also was aware I mean I was aware to an extent especially during that song of like my dad's watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that song in particular. But the but the mask of being a character, I think, helped me, like, just do it. I do want to uh, circle back quickly to, you know, making music for children. And I think, you know, the fact that you're able to put on so many different hats and, you know, be an entertainer, it seems like the most natural that you don't have to try to impress anybody because when you have a kids as, as your audience, they're just happy you being yourself. I think the youngest kids, yes, that is very true. Like, you know toddler like baby through um like four or five but when you start to get into elementary school like that definitely is true but also what I've experienced and also from like from like memories of being a kid like I think kids can also be like very just like blunt like they're critical 
And like it, they can tell if you're, they can also really tell like if you're not having fun or like if you're talking down to them, like they can tell really well. Um, so you actually, in a way, like, or also like you really need to like hold their attention. I feel like too, yeah. like sometimes it can be, it's just like a kind of a different animal in ways, I guess. Um, but I would say yes, that they respond really well to, um, like just like authenticity, authenticity and like yeah. movement and just like simple, really like simple messages. When we were doing the workshop together, I, I couldn't help but feel like there was something really authentic about you. And that's what kind of drew me to uh, reach out to you uh, personally, just to kind of pick your brain a little bit, because I uh, must admit that I don't know a whole lot of people who are making music like yours right now. Uh, and that just by, that's probably just the way it is right now, since I don't talk to anybody anymore. I feel very isolated. <laughs> but luckily, with the music of Marguerite Stern, I feel like all warm inside because all the music is so incredibly, genuinely great. So thank you for being you. Thank you for saying that. That's definitely my goal. I, I want people to feel warm inside. I think we should probably have addressed, you have the, one of the coolest names, I think, of, of anybody that we've had on the show, Marguerite. Like, it's just, a, it's such a good, it's such a good name. Thanks. Uh, you would agree, Rachel? You're, you seem, you I, seem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Marguerite is spelled M-A-R-G-U-E-R-I-T-E Stern. Marguerite Stern has been this week's guest on Lost and Rewound. Thank you so much, Marguerite, for being here on Lost and Rewound. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Thank you, you so can, much. I love this episode. You can check out Marguerite Stern's music at marguerite.stern.bandcamp.com. Listen to her uh, seven-song uh, album, Raw Honey that was released last year and then of course uh, your album that is an EP called Big Big World Acoustic Music for You and Your Little Ones so it's not just music for children but adults could get into it too like the like songs about the moon and songs about the world and songs about your heart and for more information about her and all of her other projects and to see her beautiful face you can go to marguerite-stern.com Thank you for making me feel so comfortable. I was excited and a little bit nervous to get interviewed because I've never been like full on interviewed. And it's, it's cool. Like, thanks for asking me. And also just thanks for making me feel so comfortable. Um, we are here to provide a, a, a place for being lifted up. Um, that's uh, something I think we all need right now. Agreed. And always. We'll be back in a little bit to wrap up. The light shines on the moon. High above and reflects right onto you My love, so if you ever got the blues Just look up And the light shines in your eyes 
And that will about do it for us on this edition of Lost and Rewound. But before we go, uh, it would be terrible if we didn't have Rachel do a little uh, send-off with us with a recorder. Oh my god, I haven't practiced in like two months. It doesn't matter. Just catch a dump. What am I supposed to play? Guitar intro? Or you want to do it solo? Yeah, hey, no, Marguerite, by all means. Let's uh, let's do a little guitar action. Do do Uh, you want to jam? Just jam while I speak. All right. (laughs) Keep going. I, I mean, I don't know what to say. This is just incredible. <laughs> this experiment is almost working. Yeah. <laughs> anyone can play recorder. <laughs> Hold uh, on, I think I got a. Um... No, keep going. Let's keep going. Are oh, you going away? I was doing this land is your land. <laughs> oh Sending us out. We got a little recorder action with Rachel and guitar action with Marguerite. And uh, we really thank you from the bottom of our hearts for uh, joining Rachel and I on this edition of Lost and Rewound. We'll be back again next week, either in person with masks on or behind our computers at the safety of our homes. Be well, wash your hands, stay safe, and uh, stay sane. And Black um, lives matter. And black lives always and shall always will matter. And black trans lives matter. And happy Pride Month. Send it off, ladies! Take it away, Rachel. All right. I don't, I haven't practiced in a while, so. uh, Good. Okay. That's as far as it goes. That's all the sheet music I have. (laughs) Bye. He would just call me like typical American, typical New Yorker a lot as like a diss. (laughs) Oh. This is a way of getting under your skin. Yeah, he's always trying to get under my skin, and it worked. Let me tell you, it worked.